Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to introduce you today to my friend, Laura Garn. Before I do, I just wanted to, as I I try to do often, I want to share a review. I so appreciate you guys um, taking the time to leave reviews on this podcast. And I wanted to tell you, I have a hundred dollar gift card to Albion Fit that I just haven't used. And I just decided I'm going to give it away So if I can get, I don't know, maybe 10 more reviews uh, on this podcast, I will do a giveaway for the next 10 people to leave reviews. So I'll look at the date that the reviews are posted starting today, April 2nd, and I'm just going to use this $100 giveaway card um, for Albion Fit. If you don't know who they are, check them out. They have the funnest clothes and I just, I feel like I don't need anything right now. So I will give it to you guys. I would appreciate some lovely reviews. However you feel about the podcast, share it. Here's one from guitar chick one, two, two, five Oh five. It's titled every postpartum mom needs this podcast. It's a five-star review. She said this podcast gives postpartum moms the tools they need to handle postpartum anxiety, depression, or even just baby blues. I just had my third and have had struggles with postpartum anxiety this time around. This podcast and Lizzie's one-on-one coaching I signed up for is so helpful to get me in the right mindset for dealing with my anxiety. There is so much packed into each episode and she has the perfect calming voice for podcasting. Love it. Okay. That's obviously one of my clients. I'm not sure which one it is because I don't know who Guitar Chick is. I think I know, but for privacy, I will keep it private. But hey, thank you so much for leaving the review. Thank you. All right. So today you guys are in for a treat and a strong episode full of a lot of help. Meet my friend, Laura. Laura, say hi. Hi. Hey. So Laura, tell us what kind of a coach you are, your coaching background, and why you're here today. Okay. So I am so honored to be here. Um, I am a certified life coach through the life coach school, just like Lizzie. And I help moms who homeschool who are overwhelmed. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. I was very overwhelmed. So Laura and I have actually gone to dinner. We went and got Vietnamese pho together. (laughs) Good times, right? So good. It was so good. I I ate way too much, but I remember... (laughs) Oh, we had such a long conversation about how overwhelmed I was. Yeah. (laughs) It was like all about me. I was like, Laura, help me. No, but (laughs) I really struggled. I I didn't hide that. Like if you guys look on my social media, when I talked about homeschooling, I started in mid-December and it was overwhelmed. Overwhelm was a feeling I just got good at feeling at because it just wouldn't go away. Like I tried to work Mm. on it and it was like, you know what? I'm just going to feel overwhelmed and keep going. And so slowly though, as I just allowed the overwhelm to be there, I slowly started implementing solutions. I started making observations and working things with my kids to get us to where we are today, which is that we understand each other. We have a good flow. I, I can read them. I know when to kind of switch things up. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today, Laura. And basically... The goal of today with you here for me and my audience is we want to know 
the mindset hacks of a longtime experienced homeschooling mom um, for those of us yeah. who are now forcibly homeschooling, <laughs> whether we yeah. like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. prepping yourself for the day. If you have the lovely opportunity to be awake before your kids are, mm-hmm. um, what are the things you do and also the things you think, Laura, as an experienced mm-hmm. homeschooling mom for all these years? Um, how many years have you been homeschooling, by the way? Uh, this is my sixth year. Six years, people. And she coaches moms that are struggling with this. So yeah, why don't you go ahead and kind of walk us through what that looks like anytime you get up before your kids, how you mentally prepare, um, maybe even starting with the night before if if that's applicable. Yeah. So I, um, again, from having a lot of practice with this, one thing that's just worked for me is to set aside a solid gosh, probably hour, um, sometime during the weekend where I look at the week and, you know, now it's a little different where we're all at home all the time. But even at that, I like, I still do this practice where I look at the week and I decide what I'm going to, um, make a priority and focus in on that week. Um, I even look at the weather to kind of figure out, okay, what days are, are we going to want to spend more time outside? Right. Cause Denver, <laughs> like today it's right. snowing and the last three <laughs> right. days it's been beautiful. I'm like, what? It's March. It's right. spring. Yeah. Thank you. Denver. Thank goodness for spring coming. Yeah. By the way, you guys, if you want to see this done, I actually walk you through the hour that I set aside. I do it on Sunday nights and it's in my Instagram highlights under the little circle that says my planning. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, even with, whether you're homeschooling, or you're schooling at home, uh, which is a different, there is a difference there, right? And I think that's important for us to wrap our brains around. If homeschooling sounds overwhelming to you, you can just be like, oh, I've got teachers and I've got some assignments coming in from the school or whatever. You know, if, if you're not necessarily homeschooling and it doesn't serve you to think about it in that way, you can think about it in a different way. Mm. But I love but, that. Schooling at um, home. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I, I, whether I was in a position of homeschooling or schooling at home, I really think the thought I have lots of help is really useful. Yes. I, I think it, honestly, you can find evidence for that in both situations. Yeah. So just to clarify, yeah. I think what Laura, just for anyone that might be confused, homeschooling is when the mother is choosing the curriculum and is basically playing teacher and she's choosing the resources. She's responsible for implementing all of that. Whereas schooling at home is the teacher and the school system is still feeding you assignments and having due dates and kind of guiding you along. And you're just really helping your kids get them done and turning them in. Yeah. And I think that because I've spent so much time homeschooling and deciding that on purpose, I remember when I had my fourth child and my friend was having her fifth child And she said to me, we were due about the same time. And she said, I don't know how you can do this. Mm -hmm. And I looked at her in the eyes and I was like, I also don't know how you can do this with sincere respect and admiration for what she was doing. Cause I just thought, oh my gosh, the school bus and the packed lunch and the homework and the, you know, parent communications and like 
all of that that kind of needs to be done. I've just decided there's not an easy way to educate a child. So I love this because I think the go-to thing here for a lot of us right now is like, if this is so new and different, it's overwhelming. And it's just so fun to think about the fact that there are homeschooling moms that have been doing this for years, like Laura here, who think that the the day-to-day you know, getting the lunches packed and backpacks packed and homework and off to the bus, that that's overwhelming. Yep. Right. And so it just goes to show like, truly you can make it whatever you want because circumstances are neutral. Um, and so that's just lovely. It's kind of a nice freedom to play there. Right. And I've decided, yes, there is certain learning that I'm going to make sure gets done in terms of my curriculum that I choose and the lessons that I execute and all of that. But I've just decided my kids came to earth with a certain curriculum that they're supposed to learn. And I genuinely don't feel like I can create all of that for them. And so when they're struggling with an assignment because of whatever I chose as the math curriculum or whatever, if to your listeners, if, your kids have a math teacher and um, it's a particularly difficult math teacher or whatever. And that child is having a hard time with it. I have stopped having the resistance to, Oh, it shouldn't be this way. Mm -hmm. I'm like, of course it should be this way. This must be part of their curriculum Mm -hmm. that they struggle with math at this time. Yeah. Or this is part of even when they fight with each other, my kids, which, you know, we're a normal family. So that happens oh, yeah. as frequently as it happens to anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I love calling it conflict resolution <laughs> yeah. in my own brain. I don't say that out loud. Like it's a lesson. It's part of the school. I, totally. I'm just like, oh, this is part of our learning. Okay. Let's talk about and, that. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just thinking like, I Go. think one of the things that was very overwhelming to me was mm. that um, when I brought school home, and now I was homeschooling, mm. but this applies to anybody who is doing school at home during coronavirus, right. right? Is that I was I had I was so attached to this idea of what it needed to look like, yeah, right? Because we have the school system at school, and yeah. I think our attachment to how things should be, like we should go from subject to subject, and then we should have a break, and then we should go back and do some more. Lovely if it works, but if it's not working one day, just remember. Your attachment to how it should look might be killing your creativity to problem solve and peacefully figure out how to transition your kids and work with them in the moment based on what they need. So I think um, just be careful of that. And this is, again, for during coronavirus, schooling at home or any homeschooling, um, just be careful that you're not getting so attached to your own expectations and even things that you've read or things that you've heard that you're putting those above what's going on in the moment with your kids. I think when you can be um, kind of have an idea of what you think, what what you want things to do in the flow, but then always be willing to kind of move with the flow in the moment. And I know that sounds so like vague. So maybe Laura, if you want to just talk about kind of how you do that, like when things aren't going as planned, Mm. how do you redo things? How do you say, okay, you know what? Executive decision. We're throwing this plan out the window. We're going to do this. Um, what, how do you give yourself permission to do that? And when do you need to do that? Yeah. Well, I think one time in my life when I really started giving myself permission was when I had my third baby Mm -hmm. and people started telling me, 
let the baby be the lesson. And I was kind of like, okay, that kind of sounds like a cop-out. I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you, you might need to explain it. You might have some people like, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, <laughs> but I, what exactly. I needed somebody to explain it. But what I've learned that that means is that there is much more to the assignment in front of our face and the book and the project and whatever it is, then um, just that, like there is life happening all around us. And just like you were talking about Lizzie, the yeah. connection and kind of the flow and your own personal willingness to do whatever it is and to just allow our kids to see us living in not that we're living in a vacuum where we have to get these things done, but that we are living a life. And like, this is all part of it. And the baby so-called interrupting it and the baby needing to wait sometimes and the older kids needing to wait sometimes and mom getting frustrated sometimes and mom not wanting to get out of bed sometimes like all of that is just them seeing us living a life. It's not that we should be looking any certain way. Okay. Yes. I love this. Basically what you're suggesting is that we could expand our definition of education. So instead of, instead of education, just being from the book, doing the assignment, turning it in. Cause that's yes. what, that's what we've been taught. And you have to remember our public school education system. And I'm withholding all opinion. I don't really care. I'm not here to share what I think or what you should think and push my opinions on you. But we do know that the, the school system was created during the industrial revolution when factories yes. and set schedules and the ringing of bells, right. To move from yeah. one class to another, that was all from an industrial revolution and it served our greater society and the workforce. And even today, right. I think that like our halftime kindergarten just went full time this year really to support the workforce because parents need to work and bring in money. So it's great. It works. But just remember that when you bring school home, one of the beautiful things, if you have the eyes to see it, is that you can say, Hey, today, yes, we're going to do your assignment if the teacher needs it turned in, but education can look like so much more than that. And so I just invite you. And I think Laura would probably also throw this out there too. Like, I invite you to use this time to play with the idea for yourself and also maybe extend it to your kids that learning can be beyond just schoolwork. And maybe yes. I, I have a, a great feeling that so many of you probably already do that, but just in case you were like I was when I first started homeschooling, where I was very focused on the curriculum and I was kind of freaking out and a little bit anal about like, you need to get the assignments done and it wasn't, wasn't fun for anyone. Just in case you're in that little tight rabbit hole, just wanting to remind you and give you permission to notice that you're starting Mm. to narrow your definition of education and you Mm. can, if you want to, but if it's getting to suck the fun out of learning, like we have to notice, right? Are we showing our kids that learning has to be a struggle and it has to be forced or can we show them that anything you can learn in anything and learning can be enjoyable because you can learn through your hobbies. You can learn through your play and you can learn through your books, right? Right. And I think it's powerful for us to ask ourselves what we remember mm-hmm. from our education. Mm, good idea. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, <laughs> but for me, I, and I know just because I don't remember it doesn't mean I didn't learn it. Right. But right. there are so many things that 
so many assignments that I had and lessons that I had and units that I went through and tests that I took. And I really genuinely don't remember anything from it, Mm -hmm. from a lot of that. And so when I, when I look at that, instead of being mad at the system and, and, you know, it's not necessarily, it's not about that. It's just realizing, oh, so you can still grow up to, you know, be a functioning adult without really making any of those things a great focus. But maybe just show your kids that there's opportunities for learning everywhere. Yeah. And I, I don't even, I used to want my kids to love learning and I, I still do if I'm being honest with myself, but what I tell myself and what I really kind of guide myself to is what I really want is to give them opportunities to love learning. And I know that sounds so similar, but there's a distinction there. Yes. Tell us about the distinction. Why did you choose that way of talking to yourself about it? Yeah. Just because if they don't love learning, then I've just set myself up for failure. Oh, but that's what I want. I wanted my kids to love learning and now Mm -hmm. they don't. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm like, Oh, but I allow for them to love learning. I give them lots of opportunity, which sometimes means sticking to the book and sticking to the schedule. And sometimes means, you know, going outside and gathering rocks and bringing them in and painting and allowing them to, to just have that. Like when I allow opportunities for them to love learning and know that I don't need to be executing all of it and getting in their way that sometimes putting independence in their way is going to be the best way for them to oh my gosh yes get that learning yeah then i i show up so much better because i can celebrate myself and be like you know what they're fighting right now but there's there's play-doh in the house and there's markers and we have a trampoline and we have lots of good books around so yeah. they're just choosing to fight right now okay i want to talk and, yeah go ahead i'll finish up well, yeah, you're good and then and then i'm not beating myself up i'm yeah. like telling myself that they're doing it wrong and I'm doing it wrong. I'm just like, this is, and I did the same thing when I was a kid. So yeah, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like that's the narrative that I, I try to have. And wh- when I do have that narrative in my brain, that's when I show up as the kind of mom that I want to be. I freaking love that. And here's why. Tell me. Ultimately, we are only ever just a circumstance in our kids' lives. Yeah. That sounds maybe bleak and cold, but it's seriously the best news because it's the best news. (laughs) (laughs) I had to actually relearn this today, but we'll share that in a minute. Um, (laughs) Laura and I already talked about my day today. (laughs) Um, because, because our kids, they have their own thoughts, right? They have their own brains that will, and their brains will offer them their own thoughts and the types of thoughts and the way that they think is going to evolve as they develop their brain and get older. But still, we don't actually have control over how they perceive us and what they think about us nor or the education we give them. So right. once we once we get over that, and I say get over it because I speak from personal experience. Like I think I <laughs> I was a little bit upset about that at first. But what mm-hmm. I what I realized is once I stopped taking full responsibility and ownership of their experience of their education, whether it was by me or by a teacher at school or something in between with coronavirus. Um, it was, I was more able to just have my own personality and, and be a little more lighthearted and just play and have fun. And it's, and it's interesting how they're so much more 
apt to do what I ask them to do when it's like mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. so it's, so it's a tricky thing. It's counterintuitive, right? We want to take responsibility as moms. We think we should. And so, right. and we do, but it's interesting how that control and the lack of independence we give them when we do that, which we think we, it feels like love, right? It kind of feels like we're doing the right thing. And, and that's what right. the school system wants us to be doing. And they ask the moms to implement these things. But ultimately, like as we can hand over more responsibility to our kids um, and mm-hmm. let them lead with independence and still be guiding them, right? Scaffolding, we're, we are yes. we are actually setting ourselves free, which actually sets them free if you think about it. Right, right. Yeah. Right, because the truth is we really can't control what they do and what they think. Crazy. It's crazy, right? Like we grow the babies, we birth the babies, and we have no control over the babies. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like we give, we're going to show up as being, as continuing to teach them always. And yeah. Yeah. So we teach them, but I always am like, oh, but it's up to them to learn. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I'm just going to keep teaching them. Yeah. And that like one way that I think about this is, um, I used to just think to myself, I nag my kids all day long. And I just, when I told myself that story, then of course I'm finding all the evidence for it. But then now I, I don't tell myself that it's a terrible story, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I, I teach my kids mm. and then I'm not judging them and I'm not judging me. And mm-hmm. it feels so much better. And I'm like, Oh, I thought it like when they don't get it. And normally I would have gone back into that self pity and Oh, I'm nagging them and being resentful and all of that. I'm just like, oh, I thought they were going to get it by now, but I was wrong about that. Yeah. That I just, they just need more teaching. And they're like, I know they're telling me, you know, I know. And they're rolling their eyes. And I'm just like, oh, but I'm just in my head. It doesn't matter what I say to them as much. In my head, I'm like, oh, but they do need some more teaching here because clearly. And then I drop all the resistance. Yeah. It's so much more powerful to do the same actions, but with a different thought behind it. Like I'm teaching them. It's fine. Mm, yeah, totally true. Okay, I want to focus for a few minutes on the mamas who have young kids, whether you have yeah. one one newborn. Um, mm-hmm. This is a lot of my clients, frankly. Um, not yeah. all. I think I draw in clients that have you know four or five kids all the way down to like their first baby, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, specifically for those mamas who any of their kids are not kindergarten age even. And so we're talking mm-hmm. preschoolers and newborns and stuff mm-hmm. um, where, you know, your job isn't necessarily a curriculum, but your job is to try to eat enough and sleep enough because mm-hmm. you've got that newborn. Um, so your challenges are different. Yeah. So I guess right. the question I want to ask is, yeah, how do we, how do, how do you kind of follow your child's lead and follow their energy and just come up with activities that are possibly learning, learning oriented for those younger kids. Um, but yeah, how do you sort of stay on top of the ball there with the little kids and the little babies when you're still kind of foggy brained maybe. And also just like the kid has so much energy and we can't leave this house right with quarantine. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't know if I'm going to tell parents anything that they haven't thought of themselves, but sometimes just the reminder of like that sunshine and, Mm, you know, just getting outside, whether, whether that's, you know, just your front porch or, um, going for a walk, 
that can just boost everybody, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And be so, uh, even if there's just that one 15-minute walk in a day. Mm-hmm. And um, what, something I've been seeing a lot as we've been going on a lot more walks is people are joking about how, you know, everyone's like <laughs> needing to go to the hairdresser and everything mm-hmm. right now. And, and it's kind of fun because when I go on walks, I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of my neighbors and we're just, I see a lot of people in their pajamas at yeah. four o'clock in the afternoon. It's and fun. I'm just kind of like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Like to give ourselves permission to not necessarily need to look like we normally would when we go out mm-hmm. and just realize we can totally um, just show up as ourselves. I love that. I think what I want to take that to is just zoom out a little bit, a broader application of that same idea. Like this time in general with coronavirus, I think one of the things that makes us struggle to just figure out what to do is because we're, we constantly compare Mm. how things were before. I just got coached on this today. So I'm going to share just a little bit here. I got coached by my coach every Thursday. I get coached by her for an hour. Okay. And I was complaining kind of a little bit about like, like how things have been hard because I don't have my normal childcare and not actually, I don't think I was as much complaining as I was being really hard on myself and just being like, I'm not getting the amount of work I want done, or I'm not being as nice to my kids or whatever. And she's like, is it really fair to compare yourself to when you had a nanny that came in and just took your kids and entertained them fully (laughs) while you were able to just completely focus on your business and you were so happy. And then you could go be with your kids and you were so happy. It's like, is it really fair to compare? You know, and it wasn't like she was saying you're off the hook and you're not creating this because I totally am creating it. And I'm also doing myself the disservice of comparing back to when we could go out of the house, when I had somebody that I could call. Even with you guys, maybe you don't have a nanny, but for date night, right? Or the mother-in-law coming over, all of that has stopped. And we can't go to Target and buffer our way with shopping, right? Not that I do that anymore, but I did do that. I used to. Oh, yeah. um, When I was struggling postpartum. So anyway, yeah, just be careful. Don't compare and be extra hard on yourself. Like, this is, and I know Laura, you talked about having, we were talking about having so much grace with ourselves. Did you want to share something about that? Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of just allowing ourselves to slow down and to see the, the like, that's not a bummer. What's, what's not a bummer to slow down. Oh, got it. Yeah. It's just so I, I heard this man give a talk once and he was talking about, how in nature, the trees, when the growing conditions are not great, that trees know to slow down. Interesting. They slow down their growing. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell by like, you know, the rings of the trees, what, what the conditions of those years were like. I love this. I love this. Yes. Their growth. Okay. And that, uh, he also talked to, he was an airline pilot and he talked about how, when, you experienced pilots know that when there's turbulence that you slow down. Interesting. Yes. I love this. So applying it to ourselves during coronavirus. Yeah. It's like we need to give ourselves that permission, that grace to slow down. To do less possibly. 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, please. one. Like it's, it, it just like experienced pilots know to slow down. 
Like we need to do that for ourselves. I love that. He talks about how like kind of new pilots think that they just want to like plow through the turbulence and get to the other side as fast as possible. Mm. But he's like, that's always a mistake. Well, and if you think about it from a postpartum perspective, you really do. I mean, first of all, if you're postpartum, you already needed to slow down because you're postpartum. Now circumstances have changed and everything's new in a new way, like new on top of new. And so slowing down might be vital to you making it through this time without burning out. And that actually leads me to something I want to say to my sweet baby mamas right now. I'm really talking from a place of connecting with my past self. Okay. So after my second baby, I had postpartum depression. After my third baby, I had it. I also had it. I I also had postpartum anxiety after Mm -hmm. second and third baby really badly as well, specifically health related. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just want you to kind of know the signs to be looking for. Okay. So if you guys are forgetting to eat and you don't have a desire to eat, um, if you have no will to ever really get dressed, shower, um, if you find that you're doing the bare minimum with your kids, the basics, um, if you are feeling like zero sex drive, and your libido is completely canceled out and you're making excuses or you're just completely avoiding that, these are signs and symptoms that you might be experiencing depression. And I wanted to tell you that because I actually didn't know I was depressed. I was literally like, I had put my kids to for a nap. At that time, I had three kids that were preschool age and younger, including a newborn. Okay. So this is after my third baby. And I had given them all a bath because they had done a messy activity and put them all down for naps. I had a really scary thought about hurting one of my kids. And, and I just like, wrote it off. Like it was just part of motherhood. And then I, I was painting during nap time. I was painting a wall in um, my master bathroom. We were repainting the bathroom. So that was like a fun little project during nap time. And I listened to a podcast and it was somebody interviewing like an 11 year old actually, who had struggled with suicidal thoughts and depression already at this young age in her life. And the podcast host said, if there was one thing you could tell other people who might be struggling right now, and noticing that they're feeling depressive, what would it be? And she said, just tell one person. And it was at that moment that I put together, like I had never labeled myself with depression before. I didn't even know that wasn't even in my wheelhouse, except for after my second, but this was after my third. And I I still didn't realize that that's what was happening. It's like a, it's like a frog boiling slowly in, uh-huh. in water, right? When it's just warm water, the frog's not going to jump out. And I think with depression and mental health issues specifically, because it's inside of our brain, we don't mm-hmm. even, it's off the radars. And I, that's why it's so dangerous actually. Um, and yeah. that's why so much damage can be done and we can get so low before even knowing that depression is something we're dealing with. And so today I just wanted to do, to do the service to you guys that somebody did to me is just call out those symptoms, label them, you know, put a name to them. And if yeah. any of those things sound like you, especially if you're having trouble sleeping, if you're having panic attacks, um, even if you're very tired, you can't sleep. These are all either postpartum anxiety, or postpartum depression. It could be now I'm not here to diagnose you disclaimer. I'm not a medical health professional, right? But I, I wanted to help you bring that into your awareness because if you can know what you're dealing with, it makes the battle easier to fight. 100%. Okay? Yeah. Like, so, where were you when I had my babies? Yeah. 
I know. I know. And I loved the life coach that I hired. She was amazing. And yeah. there's, there's a real need for specific postpartum mental health mm, support. 100%. So, um, make sure you do tell one person. So what I did was, so again, going back to my experience when I was listening to that podcast and again, I had actually already been through postpartum depression once and still it caught me completely off guard. So I'm really passionate about educating mamas. Um, like I should, you know, like my past self could have been helped by being educated about what it even feels like and looks like to be depressed. Um, low energy is another one, you know, just wanting to zone out all the time. Like when life is just too much all the time and you're constantly like, Hey, here's the iPad. Hey, let's turn on a show. Now I do that frequently, like right now more than I normally do with coronavirus. So don't be, you know, don't be shaking the alarm bells just because your kid watches shows sometimes, but it's really more your ability to just cope and do the regular things. Like if you're finding that that's significantly lower than normal, you could be depressed friend. Now, if you want more help figuring this out, then go to episode number two of this podcast. It's going to help you get clear on baby blues versus um, postpartum depression and postpartum psychosis. It it has, I'm going to go over all the symptoms in that episode more thoroughly. Um, so I can guide you that way. You can feel free to talk to me. Always you can make an appointment with your doctor, although getting into the doctor's office right now is a little tricky. So, um, but it's still worth calling in for sure. If you think it's depression, definitely make an appointment with your OBGYN. If it's been more than maybe a year, um, since you've had your baby, then you might want to just talk to your, um, primary care physician, right. For your family doctor. Um, but do just tell one person Um, so that you can start the process of actually having one person in your court to help you and guide you to getting you some help. And then for sure, come talk to me. If you are wanting help, I know how to help people in postpartum depression and I've got you, I can totally take care of you. Whether that means I say, Hey, this is more serious than I can handle. Let me, let me hook you up with a doctor or, or, or the opposite, which is, Oh yeah, I know exactly what's going on. Here's your thoughts. Let me help you. So that the way to do that is just book a consult with me. Um, okay. Now going to Laura, before we talk about how you can find Laura, I wanted to end with sort of a spiritual note. This is a time when I like to believe that because things are hard and the world is in a state of crisis a little bit, I like to believe that angels are around us doing more work than normal. And I like to believe that right now as mothers of our family and our little babies and children, we have, God is so willing to bless us with intuition and spiritual guidance, especially if we want it and we would love to have it and we're listening and we've been living in a way that we're aligned with him. So Laura, I would just love to know during your six years, have there, are there any experiences where you've just felt the spirit of God, like, you know, or whatever you guys, any of us want to call it the universe, like your higher self, however you really label that, um, where you've just felt this outside, like just little inkling of, Hey, do this with that child or Hey, try this or, or just overcome with peace when you wanted to scream and yell. Just, I don't know. I just kind of want to have you just share. Is there any, is there any evidence? What evidence do you have that God is in this work that we do as mothers? So many, actually, like, yeah, I, I figured, <laughs> but I have definitely felt like this, this thought in my brain, which is like, you're doing what you should be doing right now. Mm. And 
that is just this kind of solid reassurance that um, in all the imperfections of it and however I like to frame it sometimes or choose to frame it. The messiness. That, yes, that it's, it's exactly what I should be doing right now. And I think we all thought that our spring of 2020 was going to look a lot different than this, but mm-hmm. this was, this is exactly what it is going to look like. And yes. it, that's to like open up to that and just know this isn't happening to us. Like this can be happening for us. Even I love if, that. Even if it sucks and even if we kind of hate it sometimes, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that it's happening against us. Like this mm-hmm. really is for us mm-hmm. and we're not entitled to know like the ways and whys and hows of why mm-hmm. it, it's for us, but mm-hmm. we can just kind of trust and lean into that belief of this might all be okay. Mm-hmm. No matter the outcome. And I think when I have had that thought and it's, it's come up with homeschooling and it's come up in parenting and all of that, which is kind of meshed together, but mm-hmm. of like that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I think that thought is available to all of us. Mm-hmm. And because we are doing what we're supposed to be doing, even if it's not what we really thought, how we thought our life would go, mm-hmm. even if we didn't think we would have anxiety and postpartum depression and like surprise babies and or, whatever. Or be unhappy and unfulfilled and a little bit bored right. in our motherhood. Like what? Yes. That's so hard to say to yourself. Right. Um, and right. I actually had to deny that for a while. I like couldn't bring myself to admit that fully, but mm-hmm. it, I just I want to invite anyone who might be feeling that way. And I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Laura. No, um, this no. is just something I know I, I want, I want to invite you if you, not just because of coronavirus, but just in general, if you are feeling mm. like it's hard to love your kids the way you always thought you would, like you envisioned yourself being this patient, happy mom, and you find yourself being completely unable to find patience and angry and kind of devastated about it. And also really out of sorts. Like, I don't know how else I could be because I just don't have the tools, right? I want to invite you to come to my free call on Monday. I am offering a free call this coming Monday, April. What is that? April 6th. I am going to be teaching how to break negative thought cycles. I taught it last Monday. It was really worked really well. And so I'll teach you some stuff that's really helpful to break those cycles and help you calm yourself down and reach and access the emotions you want to be reaching, like the patients mostly, right? And then um, from there, I will coach anybody live that wants help on their specific problems using the model, which is the main tool I use with my clients. So I'm going to put the link to register for that in the show notes. Okay, Laura, you mentioned you had one more thought to share, and then I think we'll wrap up. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, Okay, that call, by the way, just sounds amazing. Yeah. But like you have to go. <laughs> does sound amazing. Um, but I, another thought that I've had is just, I don't need to fix this. Mm-hmm. I just need to love. Yeah. And I think that can, if that's a useful thought for you right now or anytime, whether it's about yourself mm-hmm. or about how you're showing up as a mom or with your kids. Like I have a daughter who has anxiety and, I, that's one of my favorite thoughts. I don't need to fix this. I just need to love. Mm, I love that and it's so, so much. powerful for me. I love that so much. And you know what? What if love is the way to fix it? 
And, or yeah. what if it also doesn't need to be fixed? Like our, con- right. our conceptualization of what's right and wrong. Like we don't know. God knows. We don't know. Yeah. And for all we yeah. know, like this is the best thing for her is to have this anxiety. Maybe it'll protect her. Like we have no idea. Right. So where can anybody find your resources and your help if they want um, your, I know you said you had a freebie. So tell us about your freebie and then where you, yeah. where they can find you. And by the way, you guys, I'll put all the links she mentions and everything for the freebie and her website in the show notes. Go ahead. Okay. I have PDF and it's a quick start to homeschooling guide. And it just has some easy to access resources because there's so many and that's not helpful for our overwhelm. Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's basically like a, like a funnel of resources that you know yes. that you've approved that work yes. that are easy. Yes. What, what are some of yes. them? So I have about two pages of podcasts that I tell you what I like about them. I oh. kind of review them for you. They're all highly rated, but then I for kids I podcasts like for kids yeah. or podcasts podcast, for moms podcasts for kids. Oh, like as part of the the day of educating them, yeah. Or whatever. Okay, yeah. You just sit them down with colored pencils and some headphones or something. Some headphones and like forty five minutes later, like what kinds of podcasts? Maybe? Like history or what? Oh yeah, yeah. You got to go check it out. Oh my it's gosh, like, I'm gonna get your freebie. <laughs> you 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 have to. It's history and science and lots of stories. Ooh. And I tell you what ages they're good for and all that. Do you so, have any for little, little kids, like two to five? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Go check it out. Yeah. You'll see everything from like preschool, like little kids <gasps> so excited. to teenagers. Thank you yeah. for doing that. What an yeah, amazing yeah. gift to us. Thank you. Okay. But you just go to my website, so which is that? my name, lauragarn.com. So L-A-U-R-A-G-A-R-N. I'll put it in the show notes. Perfect. So thank you. Oh my gosh, Laura, thank you so much for being here today. Um, and I just want to, I just want to send out so much love to all of you moms right now. I want to be open and honest that I've had struggles. Okay. We're all in this together. We're figuring it out. But what I love about getting coaching is it can freaking clear out your brain. Um, and also my coaching today was on just allowing the struggle and not always trying to coach myself out of it, but just allowing the human experience. What if there's beauty in this? What if, you know, this just serves to just be in the negativity, whatever yours looks like. So from me to you, just know that I'm over here in my little corner of the world doing my best to allow myself to feel all the feelings and yeah, doing my best to navigate this. And Laura, that's what you're doing too, right? That's right. So we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for being here. Remember, if you want to register for the free call on how to break negative thought loops, it's the links in my show notes, or you can always find it in my Instagram profile. And then don't forget to grab Laura's freebie. The link will be in the show notes as well. Take care, you guys. We love you. Hey, Lizzie here. If you've been struggling and you're ready for more help, I want to invite you to book a consult with me. I offer free hour-long consults where we go over what's not working, your vision for the future of your motherhood, and how I would help you given my tools and expertise. To schedule your free consult, visit my booking page at go.oncehub.com forward slash Lizzie Langston. I fully believe that you can get to where you want to go. I'll see you on the consult.